0: Welcome everyone to the third week of our series looking at the Book of Acts and what it tells us about being rooted in the Holy Spirit, rooted in God's Word, the Bible and rooted in community with other Christians. Unfortunately, I wasn't here to listen to Megan talking about Acts 2 last week so is anyone able to briefly fill me in on what she said? I know it was a long wait, time wait, ago, wait. but <laughs> you if you can that. read it quickly. and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that when the fire comes above
1: people's heads?
0: Yes. What well, did she yeah, say and about the, that? They
1: start speaking
0: in tongues and everyone's like, everyone's interested and some people think they're drunk, but then Peter explains everything. Mm. Yeah, that is what happens in Acts 2. Did Megan expand on that or uh, Ashley? <laughs> Can you um, remember? Yeah, <laughs> so she
2: walked us through chapters one and two and what happened and what
0: Karen to us yeah. um, and made some observations <laughs> along the way. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to be building on what she talked about looking at Acts 4. So, just before this passage, if you've been reading through the plan that we've got for reading the whole of Acts this term, you would have seen that... Um, Peter and John, two of the apostles, some of the best friends of Jesus, were on the way to the temple in Jerusalem when they passed a beggar who asked them for some money. And instead of giving them the money, they told him to walk in Jesus' name. And amazingly, he got up and he started not only walking, but running and jumping and praising the Lord. And this was for the first time in his life. He'd spent over 40 years... (coughs) sitting and lying down, and then suddenly God broke into his life and he began to walk. Isn't that incredible? And Peter and John saw that this miracle had unsurprisingly drawn a crowd of people like going, what's going on? This man that we've seen just sitting there all this time can suddenly walk. And so they start to explain that actually it was faith in Jesus that had healed him and that this same faith would also save anyone from the consequences of their sins so today we're going to be looking at what happened next and how being rooted in the spirit word and community helped Peter John and the other uh, Christians in Jerusalem to do the following things speak truth find courage and receive powerful answers to prayer so you've all got acts 4 open and um the first bit we're going to look at is how um, being rooted in spirit word and community helped with speaking truth does anyone want to volunteer to read verses 1 to 14 for me sure. Yeah, yep thank you
2: jail. Since it was already night, they kept them in jail until the next day. But many of those who had heard Peter and John preach believed the things they say. There were now about 5,000 in the group of believers. The next day, the Jewish rulers, the Jewish elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, uh, Caiaphas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John and Alexander were there, as well as everyone from the high priest family. They made Peter and John stand before them and then asked them, By what power or authority did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and your elders, are you questioning us about a good thing that was done to a crippled man? Are you asking us who made him well? We want all of you and the Jewish people to know that this man was made well by the power of Jesus Christ from Nazareth. You crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. This man was crippled, but now he is well and able to stand here before you because of the power of Jesus. Jesus is the stone that you build that, uh, that you builders <laughs> rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Okay. Okay. Jesus is the only one who can save people. His name is the only power in the world that has been given to save people. We must be saved through him. The Jewish leaders saw that They
0: saw the healed man standing there beside the two apostles, they could say nothing against them. After the uh, Is that oh verse 15 yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. Thank you both very much. So as I've already said, a man has been healed, and Peter and John are in the middle of explaining what's going on to the crowd and the good news about Jesus. And That's the same good news that we continue to share to people today. But because many of the people in the crowd understand that Peter and John are speaking truth, about 2,000 of them then and there decide to give their lives to Jesus, and that right away. And then the people who run the temple turn up and they basically throw a hissy fit and make a fuss because... All of the people are listening to Peter and John talking, not listening to them. And they're like, this is our job, you're meant to listen to us. And they get really angry about it. But, so what they do is they arrest Peter and John, throw them in jail overnight, and then haul them in front of the court to ask them what they think they're up to, stealing our jobs, disgraceful. And Peter then proceeds to speak truth to them so powerfully that even the greatest thinkers and speakers in the whole country at the time were reduced to silence because there was nothing that they could say that wouldn't be just an obvious load of old rubbish. So how did Peter and John come to speak such powerful truth that thousands of people respond with faith and the equivalent of university professors, lawyers and politicians are struck dumb? Was it because they were super clever and were able to come up with stunningly well-argued and faultlessly backed up responses to every question? No. As you heard, it says in verse 13 that everyone knew that they'd barely made it through primary school, let alone any, any further than that. And is it that they had the gift of the gab so that they could turn a zebra spotty by convincing it that stripes were last season? No. Peter is well known for being a practically monosyllabic (laughs) fisherman who wouldn't have looked out of place at a caveman's reunion party. So how was it that they were able to speak such truth? It's because they were rooted in the spirit and the word. In verse 8 it explicitly says that Peter spoke whilst filled with the Spirit. And Jesus himself told them in advance about exactly this situation. He said, on my account you will be brought before the governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles, that means non-Jewish people, but when they arrest you do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. You see, because Peter and John were rooted in the Holy Spirit, when it came to explaining the Gospel and defending themselves, Peter was given the right words to say by God through the Spirit. And because God is the source of truth, that means he spoke truth. Now, another thing that the Holy Spirit helps us to do is understand and apply the words of God, which we read in our Bibles. And that leads me neatly on to how being rooted in the word helped Peter as well. So if you look at verse 11 in your Bible, you might see that part of it is either shown in quote marks or perhaps that it's set out in like a different format on the page. And also it might have a little number or letter behind it which shows that there's a footnote which relates to it. So um, has anyone got any idea why that is? Yes?
2: Quoting like one of the parables.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's quoting from one of the Psalms, Psalm 118 in fact, which is actually a part of the Bible that um, Peter would have heard and possibly even sung. uh, Like many times, the psalms were songs that the Jews used. And so he would have been really familiar with that. And you can look the psalm up for yourself later if you want, but it's basically a psalm of praise and thanksgiving to God for his love and for the salvation that he provides for his people. So why did Peter quote that particular psalm when he was asked the question... By what power or name did you heal this man? Seems a bit of a random kind of thing to throw in, doesn't it? But actually, (coughs) it isn't as random as it first appears. See, the name Jesus, which is his answer to what name are you doing this by, the name Jesus is actually an English translation of the Hebrew name Yeshua, and in those days, all names had a meaning. They weren't just like, um, you know, what you called people. You were expected to kind of like be that name as well. And so, like a bit like um, Grace is not just Grace's name, but it's also one of the virtues. Uh, in those days, Yeshua... Jesus meant salvation, help, and also quite a few other things that we associate with Jesus now. So when Peter was asked in what name, the Holy Spirit instantly put him in mind of Psalm 118, which says, This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my Yeshua, My Jesus, my salvation, you have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So the Spirit reminded him that Jesus had called himself the gate which lets people into the kingdom. But it was only because Peter had learnt from the Bible and from Jesus, whose words were then written down in the Bible later on, It's only because Peter had become rooted in the Word that the Spirit was able to bring um, this psalm to his mind and enable him to speak truth into the situation to the chief priests. So whilst I haven't yet been arrested and hauled before a court to explain why I'm preaching the gospel and healing people willy-nilly well, pray God that one day I am, but <laughs> um, I haven't yet. There have been many occasions when being rooted in the spirit and in the words have enabled me to speak truth into a situation. Mm. And sometimes it can be as simple as reading a passage from the Bible in the morning and then seemingly forgetting it, to all intents and purposes. Only for then later on, I'm having a conversation with someone and the spirit brings it back to mind again and it's just so relevant to what we're talking about and it enables me to to either point them to the passage or just to speak truth based on that passage which then has an impact on them and that might, sometimes that just gives encouragement to people where they were feeling hopeless before um it has caused me or others to change our minds about um, what to do in this situation and sometimes it's just um, that brings joy and causes us to worship and have greater faith and all of these are what God wants to bring in this situation and the thing is that you can do this too If you speak truth when rooted in the spirit and in the word, you'll see all of those things that I've mentioned happen and more. You might even, like Peter and John, see thousands of people coming to faith, honestly. So next we're going to look at how being rooted in spirit, word and community help us to find courage, because it's all very well being able to speak truth, but if you are too afraid to open your mouth, then that's not going to get very far, is it? So, um, does anyone like to read verses 13 to 22 for a bit of them? Someone over here, maybe. Sure. Mm. I've got a different Bible to everyone else, I think. That'll be exciting. (laughs) Um,
3: When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised that they were un-
2: Unschooled. Yeah,
3: yes. unschooled ordinary men they were ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them there was no nothing they could say so they ordered them to withdraw from the San, sanhedrin sanhedrin um, and they conferred together. And what are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knew that they had done outstanding miracles, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in his name. In this name. Then they called them in again and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could just not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed
0: Thank you. So, it must have taken a fair bit of nerve to stand in front of all of those people and tell them the Gospel, mustn't it? But then Peter and John went even further in that when they were told to stop, they said they'd rather obey God than listen to the chief priests. The big boys were trying to bully them and intimidate them and they refused to back down. Imagine if you had to stand in front of a panel which was made up of your headmaster, the deputy head, your head of year, the head prefect and the local chief of police and they ask you a question, you answer it and then they tell you that you're wrong. Would you have the nerve to answer back to them and say, no, it's right? So where did... Peter and John get this courage from? Were they just naturally brave men who laughed in the face of danger and never backed down from a fight? No. These were the same guys who had run away when Jesus was arrested and had pretended that they didn't know him when a little serving girl asked them because they were afraid that they would get arrested and hurt too. They were naturally cowards And it was only because they were rooted in the spirit, word and community that they were able to stand up to the chief priests like they did. So first of all, let's look at community because I haven't mentioned that yet. And you'll have noticed that John is there not really saying very much. Peter's doing all the talking, isn't he? But I think John is still playing a really important role actually. Because imagine if Peter had been locked in a cell in solitary confinement all night, and then dragged in front of the chief priests alone. Doing the right thing, like they did in this passage, was hard enough with John there as well, riding shotgun, praying and worshipping with him when they're in prison, comforting him with his presence, and giving him a, a nod, go ahead when, um, to encourage him that he's doing the right thing. It was hard enough when he was in community with John, but it would have been so much harder to find the courage if he'd been alone, wouldn't it? And that's why it's important to spend time with and to do stuff with other Christians, because they strengthen our faith and confirm to us when we're doing God's will. Secondly, being rooted in God's Word would have given them the courage that they were doing the right thing too. They would have known, for example, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And this would have helped them to realise that no matter what the chief priests threatened them with, it just didn't compare to God's power. And those of you in the 15s to 18s who are at New Day would have heard some talks by Andrew Wilson that were about the fear of God, and they were really good, so I recommend checking them out you can download them and listen to them and but one thing that he said which i found really helpful is that if you're with the scariest thing around then you don't need to be scared of anything else and if you are a christian you are with god and he's the biggest most powerful being in existence And when you're rooted in his word, in the Bible, that helps you to understand his character and all about him much better. And it helps to put everything else into the proper perspective. And then just quickly on being rooted in the spirit, that is being with God, him living inside of you, also gives us courage because as Jesus said, the spirit is our helper and our strengthener, an emotional strength Is Courage. So, I'm not naturally a particularly courageous person. When I was your guy's age, if someone had asked me to stand up and do this, I'd have run away. I wasn't up for that at all. And um, I've struggled to talk about my faith or tell the gospel to people one-on-one just because I'm afraid of how they'll react and so on. But as I've become more rooted in the spirit, drawing strength and reassurance from him, more rooted in the words, understanding who God is better and that he is with me, and more rooted in community, receiving encouragement from others to do the right thing and to persevere in doing that as well, I've found that I am able to do those things more and more and I trust that as you become rooted in, more rooted in spirit, word and community, you too will find the courage to do the things that God asks you to do. So the last thing, we're going to look at how being rooted in spirit, word and community help us receive powerful answers to prayer. So last reading... Who wants to do verses twenty-three to thirty-one? Someone who hasn't done it yet. Kevin? Thank you. Wait, where?
3: Twenty-three to thirty-one. Okay.
1: Uh, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they praised they raised their voices together and Sovereign Lord, they said, you made heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should have happened. Should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God
0: boldly. Mm, Thank you. Wow. Have you ever had God answer your prayer so powerfully that there's an earthquake that... (laughs) shakes the building that must have been incredible but a bit scary as well i think but how did the prayers of peter john and the others lead to god responding in this way was it because they were champion level at praying no these were people who had had to ask jesus to teach them how to pray because they didn't even know the basics of what to do how it worked. And just as an aside, if that is how you feel about praying, then it's okay to ask, just like they asked Jesus. Ask someone and um, we can help you to learn. Were, they, were their prayers answered so powerfully because they had really powerful voices like Brian Blessed? Do any of you actually know who Brian Blessed is? Yes, one of you. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. He sounds a bit like I just did, maybe. But not even Brian's voice is so loud that it will cause a mini earthquake. Seriously. No. The reason their prayers were answered so powerfully by God is that they were rooted in spirit, word and community. And now I found it interesting that Peter and John went straight to the other disciples when they were released in order to pray because don't know about you but after a night in prison I'd have probably like, gone home for a bite to eat a shower and a bit of a sleep at the very least before I went and talked to anyone else about it. But I think that Because they were rooted in the Holy Spirit, they knew that in order for God to answer their prayers powerfully, they needed to strike while the iron was hot and pray immediately rather than wait. And because they were rooted in the community of believers in Jesus, they knew that for God to answer their prayers powerfully, it was important to pray with other people as well as on their own. Jesus said... Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So, If God will do what two or three ask of him, how much more will he answer our prayers if 10, 20 or 100 or more ask him to do something? And what about being rooted in the word? How did that help Peter and John and the rest of them to pray prayers that God answered powerfully? Well, first, it helped them to understand that they were caught up in God's big story his big story of salvation and that the things that were happening to them were all part of his plan and they show this understanding actually in the passage that Calvin just read by giving a little mini summary of the story of salvation and quote another psalm to back it up just like Peter did earlier. Secondly, it helps them to understand what God's will is for them and to ask him to help them to do that will, because that means that they know that he'll respond. It's something that he wants as well anyway, so, um, you know, the best way to pray is to ask God to do something that he wants to do anyway. They realised that them spreading the good news about Jesus was a continuation of God's plan. So they were able to ask him in the safe knowledge that he would definitely act. And finally, it helped them understand God's character so they could ask him to do the things that he delights in doing. Healing, saving people, and other amazing signs to show his power and glory. Now, instead of me telling you about how God has powerfully answered my prayers, we're just going to give it a go for ourselves. And just like Peter, John, and the disciples did back then, we are going to strike while the iron is hot and pray now, (coughs) empowered by the faith that the Spirit has given us from hearing uh, what he did through the disciples back then in Acts and um, faith that he will act through us just as he acted through them. So we're going to pray from a place of being rooted in God's word, knowing his character, his plans, and who we are in Jesus. And we're going to pray in community because there's way more than two or three of us here. And so we can be expectant to see God powerfully answer our prayers, whether that's immediately, like when he shook the room that they were in, or the building, or if it's over the coming days and weeks, like when he filled them with his spirit and enabled them to speak his word boldly, as they had asked him to. So I'm just going to hand over to Naomi, who's going to come up and explain how we're going to do this.